When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you watch horror movies in summer, do you cry out of angst for the Halloween season? <laughs> Have you ever wondered what happens behind dark, spiderweb-encrusted curtains of a haunted house? Well, boy, oh boy, do I have a solution to all of your aching problems. The Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Where the haunters meet the haunted. Each week on the show, you'll learn behind-the-scenes info of the haunt industry, the talk of the paranormal and cryptid industry. We also talk about horror movies, Halloween, and so much more. So please join us each week for this creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky Foggy Jack Live podcast. And we'll catch you down in the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. The Foggy Jack Live podcast is found anywhere podcasts are sold, distributed, or streamed. Please follow us on all our social media accounts at FoggyJack13. Please note this podcast is not responsible for explosive diarrhea, vomiting, erectile dysfunction, heartworms, or major migraines as a result of listening to the show. Hello and welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, episode yeah. three. Woo! <laughs> three. We're Good here. things happen in trees. That's right. We're here at the third episode. You know, it's his post-vax life. That we have going on right now, which enough can't be said for that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's a good weird. It's a um, good weird. It's a good weird. Absolutely. So I just got my second dose. I got the Pfizer one, and that was on Friday of yeah. last week. So Jeff tells me that you have to wait two weeks because I try not to get too involved with CDC because then I'm just going to go crazier than we're already fucking at sure. you know, over yep. this whole year. So yeah, I'm not fully vaccinated, but I'm feeling good. I don't know. How did, how did you, Steph, I know that you had some side effects for me with the Pfizer. I just had a headache um, and I was lethargic and super thirsty. But what I found that was funny is that my arm was itchy. I was like, oh shit, am I having an allergic reaction? Do I need the EpiPen? Like what's going on? Right. But that is something that is common. Jeff had it. And um, some other friends of mine had that with the Pfizer. And then I was doing, trying to, again, trying not to get too involved and dig into this because then I'm going to fucking self-diagnose myself with some dumb shit. And I was like, what's going on with my arm? There's a thing called COVID arm. So where you see the little red Uh, spot. And I was like, oh, I have COVID arm. Okay. It's all right. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And you, I mean, hell, tell me about your post-vax. Well, yeah, I'd had a, I'd had Moderna, which is pretty rough for that second one. And everybody I talked to was like, watch out for the second dose of Moderna right after you're going to feel bad. And I was in a little bit of denial, but I was telling somebody, it was like, I'm glad that I knew that the side effects would be bad because when they set in that night, if I didn't know they were side effects from the vaccine, I probably would have taken myself to the ER because it was like, it was full body chills and aches to where I felt like I'd been hit or been in a Mm -hmm. bad bar fight. I felt like I'd been hit by a truck or in a bad bar fight. So it was real serious. So, uh, and I knew it was temporary, right? But it was so intense. I had never quite felt like that. And really, I kind of just had it in my mind to be like, all right, you get this so you can go resume life. After which I went on a little uh, 
post-vaccination vacation nice. to Vegas. And I know we'll be, uh, the song we'll discuss today is based on you and I's story, which has a Vegas yes. connection. And it's a fun one. But yeah, I know uh, going on my little post-vaccination vacation to Vegas this weekend, uh, there was a there was a ton of people there. Yeah. Which was, yeah. uh, I guess, I was glad that I was fully vaxxed when I was there because I could tell some people were just like, I'll oh, just spin the spin the wheel of fate. It was a lot of people. Sure. sure. Um, and I went to Cat's sure. Meow Karaoke, which is based on the Bourbon Street location. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> my, I would say my version of normalcy post all of this is being able to safely karaoke, right? So I was just in my element and thrilled. And <laughs> thankfully, I didn't have to drag. I'm happy for you. I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I didn't have to drag well, friends there. Look at going on hallway. Pause for a second. How yeah. long has it been since you've done karaoke? Um, so it was in public, like uh, a little over a year. A friend had a setup within the month at home, and that was actually fun to go to as well. And that felt great. Um, but God knows, I love my public singing. I don't even call yes. it singing. I call it showmanship. That's what <laughs> that is for me. I love it. That's, okay. my, that's my element. But it was funny because I had uh, said to, to friends I went with, hey, let's go to here. That's the only thing I want to do in Vegas. I'll, I'm down for whatever else. Sure. But we all stuck around. And by hour five of that first night, the MC was asking if he should uh, put us on the payroll. Uh, nice. He's like, should uh-huh. I, what's going on, guys? And then we, <laughs> long story short, ended up coming <laughs> back the next day. And then as we walked in, the MC's on the stage singing and just shouts, Stephanie is back um, from the stage mid-song. That gives you any indication of maybe how long or how much that we all made a name for ourselves. But I know you and I share a love of karaoke, the history of karaoke together. And that's really a whole different episode, probably a future one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy for you because, yes, exactly, guys, and those who do not know us, Stephanie, (laughs) I would say Stephanie is the queen of karaoke, but I love karaoke myself. She's, like, insane. She's, like, hardcore. (laughs) Um, Shit. I I love it. So this is definitely a big part of our friendship back then and now. So I can't wait for us to meet up and and throw down a song. So tell me, what did you sing? What didn't you sing? Well, shit. (laughs) So, what didn't I sing? Exactly. Um, yeah. The selection there, that's the one thing. The selection there is not as big as some other places, but it's a very uh-huh. cool place. And I'm shouting out to them. They're nice. I started out with Bad Moon Rising, good old classic CCR. It's in my range, uh-huh. so I like John Fogarty. Um, sure. I didn't have some of my standards. <laughs> so I uh, segued it over to uh, what? Hey Jealousy, the Gin Blossoms. Nice. That seemed okay. to be a crowd, crowd pleaser. Um, okay. And then there was at least a couple others that uh apparently i just uh forgot in my haze of delirium happiness to be back <laughs> on a stage there's a bonus video of that maybe we'll maybe we'll post that but i'll tell you that's my baseline normalcy post back that's I guess, awesome you know goes right that is awesome goes right in line with our music nerddom Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. No, I love it. Exactly. So you just said your baseline, right? That's why you're the queen of karaoke stuff because <laughs> I don't have that shit. I do have some select songs, as you know, I, yeah. love, like, I love to do my hair metal. I'll go oh, up there yeah. and belt some cherry pie and get everybody excited. I will, <laughs> I will do talk dirty to me, poison. Got to do it. I do dumb shit. 
I do, but you have a set, like you're like within my range. <laughs> I, do I love it. I love it. You could like do a you could fucking do a Vegas sideshow karaoke. I don't know. I think you have something going on here that you know, now that you are fully vaxxed, that you should definitely get a side hustle. As a karaoke, um, I, I don't know, some type of karaoke sideshow, because that's fucking amazing. Oh my I love God, it. that's so funny. Okay, well, you've made my day. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I could. <laughs> I'm glad I could. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, today, as far as like me celebrating being fully vaxxed, I'm going to go see yeah. um, Scott Pilgrim Takes the World. Um, awesome. Oh, Sp- Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's all I am. Let me let me dust <laughs> off the brain, dust off the brain. <laughs> So Michael Sarah, when uh, he was young, super cute Michael Sarah. Um, I'm gonna go see a like an extended version, director's cut of this. So it should be fun. I haven't been to the theater like, over a year, um, so that's my sense of normalcy. That's fun that I'll be doing today. So yay for vaccination! Yay vaccination! Yay. Go get them if you haven't, because yeah, let's all I'm get just... back to whatever normal is for you. For real, for real. So Steph reached out to me today with some really sad news before we came on uh, the line. And Tani Katane passed away at the age of 59. That is a big bummer. So we're going to talk about talk about her life a little bit. Tani Katane, for those that do not know, she started off as a video star. She was in White Snake. So again, the hair metal kids. I'm sorry. That's where I started. Okay. I, I, that's where I started with all this. I mean, I was like seven, eight listening to hair metal. I would say like the first real metal band I'd listened to as a child was Metallica. But anyway, <laughs> of course, just have, just have to say that because it was the time, right? The time. So, and then, then it got hardcore, 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 but you know, I do, I, I like me some hair. And uh, anywho, but Tani Katane, you can see her in plenty of their videos, she, you know, doing her cartwheels on top of the cars, being sexy, hot, super beautiful. Um, I had the opportunity of meeting her at, uh, it was a convention called like Dracula Rock or something to that effect a um, couple of years ago, 2017, more than a couple of years ago um, in San Antonio. It was a convention for horror, rock and roll. And uh, that's where I met Shania Salt. Like that was like the date that I nice. met the woman that I've idolized. So for those who don't know, Shania Salt is the basis of White Zombie. And yeah. she is fucking amazing. And I've always wanted her long curly hair. So anyway, <laughs> met her and I did talk about products with her. Sure did. I shared with her the importance of getting an anti-humidity product. Jeez, and because yeah. she lives in New Orleans. And she was like, I was like, girl, I just got this new anti-humidity product. She's like, well, do tell. It's like, it's OU Dad. So I hope, Sean, <laughs> that you are using OU Dad because I live in a humid climate too in San Antonio and it does good wonders for my curls. So, and Stephanie, you live right by the beach-esque. So, I do. I yeah. do. I think I need to to listen to you and get an anti-humidity product as well. I'm sure yes. she appreciated your advice. Yeah, it was great. And then afterwards we took this photo and I blasted all over my socials. Maybe I'll do it again. But Tawny was there too. So back to Tawny. So Tawny was there too, because she was actually in the movie Witchboard. It was an eighties movie, a cult classic. Steph, have you seen Witchboard? I have heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. You got to watch it. It's great. Um, I hope people are, are listening going, yeah, Witchboard, bringing it back. So, and I think Tawny was also in maybe a Friday the 13th. I may be wrong on that, but I know for sure that she got 
her claim to fame and horror um, in the cult style um, with Witchboard. So I met her and at the time she had a broken foot and we just sat and talked. I talked about her injury. You know, she was real cool. She was happy to be in San Antonio. Um, I know that you'll hear about Tani in the media having, you know, substance abuse issues, whatever, whatever, but doesn't matter. She was fantastic there that day. Um, seemed like a wonderful person to be around and gorgeous. And I'm, I'm really sad. So RIP. Yeah. RIP. RIP to Tani Katane. Yeah. I was very surprised to see that this morning. So I am really, I mean, yeah, like really young. It makes me think of another sad rock loss uh, recently. Uh, Jim Steinman, songwriter, producer, Svengali, uh, Jim Steinman, who I'm a huge fan of. It's just amazing. And people who think like, oh, it's a songwriter. Do I know this guy? He wrote most of Meat Loves Hits. He wrote Total Clips of the Heart, of course. It's all coming back to me now. Making Love, I have nothing at all. Air Supply. He even wrote Hulk Hogan's theme song. Uh, what? I didn't know that. Yeah. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, you know, he did it all. And I've been... Uh, so awesome. He's just... Uh, God, he was just so... It was amazing. And he's, you know, he got, uh, you know, occasionally dinged, being like, this is too over the top. And his thing was always, if you don't go over the top, you can't see what's on the other side. Talk about some power chords. Uh, he's just amazing. Yes. I was a, I mean, a fan since a teenager. I put lyric on the back of my letter jacket from one of his songs, Edge of Forever, uh, which is from his classic Surf's Up. Just a big fan and just such a big loss. Since we record these episodes ahead of time, sometimes we're kind of in the middle of all these losses and all these things that come up. So acknowledging both Tawny and Jim today for their contributions and their lives and remembering everything that they gave to us. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, and we got more to talk about today with the lovely Tears for Fears and their 1985 classic, Head Over Heels. So guys, we're going to bring this full circle today. Um, Head Over Heels uh, is Myers and I uh, Vegas song. So again, we're tying this back to Vegas. So Myers was just there. I hope that you walked um, the grounds of where this magical experience happened for us, but um, don't want to ruin anything. Let's kind of go in order. Let's talk about the song first. So Head Over Heels. So yeah, it's the third single um, from the Tears for Fears album, Songs for the Big Chair. And it actually hit number three on the Billboard charts. So one cool thing that I wanted to mention, I was doing some research and on our you know, good old Wikipedia, brought over some really good knowledge I want to share. And I'm just going to repeat it because there's no way of paraphrasing this. Um, Head Over Heels had been developed nearly two years prior as a part of a seg with the song Broken which was previously a standalone B-side to the 1983 Pale Shelter single. As the two songs share the same piano slash synth motif, Head Over Heels eventually came to be sandwiched in between two bookend parts of Broken and Life performances. This placement carried over to the final track listing of the Big Chair LP with a newer studio recording of Broken, preceding Head Over Heels in a live 
reprise of Broken recorded. It was recorded at the concert, which was released on the In My Mind's IVHS following it. So that's a little bit more insider info. But regardless, bottom line here is that Head Over Heel is just a continuation of another song. I did not know that. Seth, did you know that? I don't know that I did know that, actually. I just always go back to the fact that Kurt and Roland, like, notoriously did not get along, and Songs from the Big Chair was kind of their big time when they were. Uh-huh. Um, and I know over the years, they've kind of gone on and off about that. And it's like, oh, they came together to make this classic, which has, you know, yeah. Songs from the Big Chair has a number of great ones on it. So I'm glad that they were able to synthesize that that came from this earlier piece of music. Yeah, it's cool. So I listen to, I I have a car, I live in San Antonio. Steph doesn't. She's in LA downtown. She's doing the carless <laughs> life, but I'm in the car. And I subscribe to Sirius and I'm always on first wave. And so now when I read this in Wikipedia, it finally clicked in my dumb head that <laughs> that head over heels and was a seg of Broken because sometimes those play them together. And I'm like, what are you doing? You keep playing the same damn song over. So anyway, yeah. folks, listen to it because they are similar. It's pretty cool, you know, just to to hear the same, like pretty much the same music with different lyrics and, of course, a different twist. It's, it's really awesome. So hats off to Tears for Fears. Now I'm glad the Wikipedia educated me. So I will no longer second guess this and think yeah. that I am losing my mind. Um, but yeah, there's that. So... <laughs> I also wanted to talk about, we all like the song. The song is awesome. Every time I hear it, it just, it's one of those songs, again, that puts me in a good mood and just kind of feels like I'm going on a journey. Well, (laughs) check it out. I had to watch the video for this podcast. The video was shot by Nigel Dick. And this guy was the director of Britney Spears video, Hit Me Baby One More Time. So let's paint this. It's kind of cool because this came out in 85, right? And what that hit me baby one more time is 99, I believe. Yeah. 99. Yeah. 99. And the video for tears for fears head over heels takes place in a library. So I'm like something like, so this guy had something for schools. Okay. First and foremost, he liked, um, he liked the, the educational <laughs> environment. I don't know. Scholastic environment. He was into it. So I was like, okay, similarity. Now <laughs> check this out. We all know that. And I don't want to continue to compare these two videos because they're totally different, but I just found this pretty funny is that the storyline for the video head over heels. So Kurt, Kurt, um, the main, the main singer, he is walking around the library with his guitar on his back and he is, he's really trying to serenade the librarian, which is funny as shit. So he's really into this librarian um, and in this scene, it just cuts to outside of him trying to romanticize and court this young librarian. They'll cut to a scene of a monkey and a Red Sox shirt. Yeah, that monkey. That monkey. All right, cool. As a Yankees fan, don't approve of that shit, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and <laughs> there's one part where Kurt is going through the library. He opens up the card catalogs for, for folks. I hope you guys remember the card catalog. Okay. <laughs> I do. I'm not even going to describe that because then I'm just going to feel extra fucking old. But anyway, he opens up the card catalog and all the catalog cards just fly in his face. I'm like, ah, attack of the card catalog. <laughs> then after that, there is Hasidic Jew and an urban kid facing off. Like they're going to fight. Oh. Like, what is this? I don't understand. Clash culture. Then all of a sudden, so towards the end of the video, the Hasidic Jew is on the drums. Oh, I wonder if they would do that today. I, I, I don't know. Is that appropriate? Like, what, what was that? And then there was somebody with a fucking gas mask on in the library. That's right. Like all these yeah. random scenes. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? And at the end of the video, they show Kurt and the librarian um, that they're together. Kurt's in like an office uh, setting and she's giving him tea or some shit like that. And it's like, okay, well, they got together. What the fuck is this video about? Like, I don't understand. I was like, okay, we've gone from our previous episode of Heart Given to us literally to fucking the cure, you know, just like heaven being like, yeah, we're just going to paint this fun picture that we're just singing. And then we have this fucking crazy ass library shit, Tears for Fears. Like, I don't know, Nigel, what the fuck? What was this shit about? Because Hit Me Baby One More Time was very pretty literal. Yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Space I'm not yeah. uh, It's pretty like schoolgirl fantasy kind of, and yeah, yeah, that one for sure. And I know this uh, one had tones of or overtones of uh, being based on those library scenes in Ghostbusters that came out around the same time. Oh, um, and I know I they mean, were trying to, yeah, they were trying to echo or just pay respects or homage to Ghostbusters. And I. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan, so I couldn't remember scene for scene, but I remember somebody telling me that about this video. I was like, oh, that's why maybe it's so disjointed, too, as a video. But man, I'll tell you, all 80s music videos, they're just straight out of something. It's a weird literal time, as we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. like weird era for music videos. For real. And I was just like, man, and Nigel Dick is super popular, obviously. I mean, he's touching anything, Britney Spears, you know, make a star. So I have to go back through Nigel's uh, catalog, video, video log, however you want to call it, and see what other videos he did. So yeah, I just thought that was, it was a peculiar video, but nonetheless, an amazing song. Now I have a confession to make y'all. I didn't know about this song until Donnie Darko. So I'm not the biggest (laughs) Tears for Fears fan. Okay. Everybody knows Shout. I know that song, but which is a good song, but it, they just, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a mega fan. I'm a fan, but not a mega fan. But it was Donnie Darko that made me really want to get into Tears for Fears because they pretty much used every damn Tears for Fears song in, in the movie. And have you you've seen Donnie Darko, right? So Yeah, but really only a couple years ago when my friend was having like this movie night and she's like, oh, everybody's oh. seen this, right? And I was like, actually, I never have. And I knew it was going to be weird. It was even weirder than I yes. uh, was imagining, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, there's that crazy rabbit, right? We'll just say that. And then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The end of the world. It's like the end of the world and a love story all mixed into one. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ooh. young Jake Gyllenhaal, super cute. And that's appropriate yeah. for me to say because that was back in 2001. So he's yeah. our age. He looked good. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. But what I like about um, Donnie Darko and this particular song is it's at the beginning of the movie. Well, not the beginning of the movie, but when um, when Donnie's going to school. So it's like they show like uh, Donnie. Yeah, it is Donnie. Going to school, they open it up with a, um, a school bus and Donnie Darko, Jake Gyllenhaal jumps, the, jumps out of the bus from the back and the way that the camera is tilted it's head over heels. So it's cute. So it's like, there's a literal. And then just the way the song is with the piano and the synth, it's like, da, da, da. He's like, da, 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 da. It's a school. And everybody's just like, it's real slow-mo and you get to get feels of the characters. Um, You know, they show his younger sister who's trying to be a cheerleader and be popular. (laughs) And it's like, what are you doing, homegirl? But it's, it's really awesome. And I also like to say, that because of Donnie Darko, I really got into Mad World, which is another big hit for Tears it's, for Fears. I fucking love that song. I think that's my fave of theirs, yeah. Yeah, me too. 100%. So good. 100%. Uh, so there's my confession. I wasn't like 
a mega, I'm not a mega fan like I am for The Cure and other bands we'll be talking about in our future podcast, but this is definitely a great song and a good band. So I wanted to bring that up. And interesting that you just saw Donnie Darko. Yeah, um, it was definitely in adulthood. I mean, it was like a couple years ago. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. 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 Well, it has Drew Barrymore in it too, guys, for those that haven't seen it. This is another, it's kind of like a cult, cult movie, sort of, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't I would super say so. popular. Yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't super popular, but check it out. It's, and it has Jake Jillian Hall's sister in it too, and I can't remember her. Is it oh, Maggie? Maggie, Maggie, thank you. That's right. Yeah. Maggie's in it. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the family. So it's really cool. Um, but, uh, but check it out. So there's my part with tears for fear. So I, I'm sorry to disappoint any make any super fans that I suck, but I do have appreciation <laughs> for the music. Um, but let's talk about Vegas. Yeah. So, stop. Yeah. Let's bring it full circle. Let's go. Let's go. So, uh, so as listeners probably know by now, we uh, tie the theme of each episode's song into our own personal story. Talk about our history with a particular song. So in this case, Ms. Penny and I decided to fly from New York, where we lived, to Vegas for the Vegas, that's called Vegas, mm-hmm. is it a goose, music festival. And that festival ended up uh, only happening as 2005 to 2007. And we ended up going in what ended up being its final year in 2007. Yeah. At that point, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we didn't know. We were just like, yeah, it's a cool festival. We didn't know it was going to be the end of it. Um, yeah. But uh, so we were having fun over there, and then uh, we were staying uh, North Strip, and after being out in the sun in this festival for several days catching those shows, we were just walking around the air-conditioned casinos, uh, staying out mm-hmm. of the sun for a little bit, and Head of Heels came over the loudspeaker at the Hard Rock Hotel, and we started vibing. We started vibing. Yes. And we're, and yeah. we're kind of like, and we're dancing down the hall. Um, absolutely absolutely <laughs> mama snaps i was mama snapping guys every time i hear this song the mama snaps come full in effect <laughs> so i'm grooving i'm dancing right now and i caught the eye of this random dude that was coming towards us and he started to follow me with papa snaps i was like all right and then here's the magic y'all papa had a posse and i'll let stephanie bring it in <laughs> So he had, yeah, so he had this posse with him who came up just serendipitously, um, also started dancing, seemingly choreographed way. And so we are suddenly wordlessly choreographing this group dance to this song, Head Over Heels. And I think we, and we're doing it, we're just move, move to move, match to match. I think we literally ended it by all of us just simultaneously doing like spinning around three times. Yes. Parting, like, and kind of spinning away, like parting ways. And all of this was done in this totally wordlessly way. But it was so, it was so funny. There were some people that were gawking at us through all of this, thinking that we were choreographing it or doing a show, like an improv, the improv dancers are here at the Hard Rock Hotel. Like it was that, (laughs) it was that much of this moment. Um, Absolutely. And it was hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Just this, like, oh, did we just, like, wish somebody was filming this? Like, what the heck just happened? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, and it was one of those, yeah, weird uh, singular moments that you always kind of were there for. But I think about every time this song comes on wherever I'm at, and I feel like wherever the song comes on, or either of us at, we're always uh, texting each other because it's, it's hilarious that many years later. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's our Vegas song. Oh it's my God. Yeah. 
Dude, I just cannot believe that it was it it was just so perfect. It was awesome. We didn't and we couldn't even after we parted ways with this dude's posse, we kind of looked at each other and still didn't say a damn thing. We yeah. just turned around and walked. So it really like what the fuck? It was totally a wordless transaction. Um and as Steph said, yeah, people were gawking because it looked natural, right? Or it looked like yeah. well, natural is like a show. It's like and, it was a Broadway show or something. And yeah. it was just like, what are these <laughs> moments? I should have been tipped. Fuck. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking like, that, that's awesome. So it was in the Hard Rock Cafe, middle of the fucking casino. Um, I remember I had a really good buddy, Mary, right before that. So I know I was feeling loose and happy. And uh, yeah, so, and for me, like Vegas is kind of, I know Vegas, everybody has different views of Vegas, but for me, Vegas is just a magical, fun place, whatever, just fucking do you. And at that point, I'm like, I'm, you know, a little buzzed, have, you know, a weekend of really good music at Vegas. What a fucking lineup that was. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, Steph and I don't fucking travel for shows unless it's amazing. And okay. this was a great Bill, like, oh my God, we had, you had Rage Against the Machine playing there, Daft Punk, Iggy and the Stooges. They were performing the album Funhouse. You had Muse, The Shins, Cypress Hill, Queens of the Stone Age, Public Enemy, MIA. Oh my God. We, wow. Okay. I just said that again. I mean, let me just pause. (laughs) It was a crazy bill. And I knew when we were like, oh, okay, like this is the place to go see it. Let's get on a plane and go to this. And people were camping out for the show. We yeah. really didn't want to do that ourselves. We were camping out in the desert for the show. It was kind of a Coachella-like experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was at UNLV. Yeah, it was at UNLV, and it was on their football. It was at their football field. Was and, it really? Uh, yeah. It was at UNLV. And not crazy. One thing that I totally remember about MIA, so she was still newish on the scene or being popular. So um, I may have heard of her, maybe haven't, I don't know. But I do know that I was standing in the beer line and I knew that she was coming on. So I knew of her, but I wasn't super familiar with any of her music other than the Paper Plane song. And literally all the ground was basing. Her (laughs) shit was bumping so loud. I'm like, oh, this bitch, get it. Like, oh, I love it. She's such a powerhouse, such a badass. Amazed the fuck out of me. Um, I have seen her live again, thankfully. She's so fucking good. I mean, gosh. And then I remember Iggy and the Stooges were playing simultaneously with Cypress Hill. And I had seen Iggy, uh, Iggy Pop play at uh what was that one show that we saw in new york with new york dolls and nancy sinatra um it was called um across the narrows thank you so i was i hadn't seen cypress hill live yet so i was just like kind of like i want to go see i was like okay well i've never seen cypress hill and that is straight up middle school high school (laughs) that is Chola, that's that's me and my day. So I had to stay. But man, I remember then running over to the Iggy Nasuja's stage and finding you because you had stayed a little bit for Cypress Hill. And it was just like magic after magic, nostalgia after nostalgia, and just so new good. experience. And like everyone there, it was just a really good vibe, a good crowd. Oh, um, yeah. There was no nonsense. Like you didn't have like bros, you didn't have like these clicks. It was just like, I don't know. It was it was one of the best festival experiences I had. It was laid out so well. I remember that Spin was the sponsor of Vegas, and they should fucking bring it back. They bring should. Bring that shit back. They so, should. It was chill. 
Yeah, there is. Gosh, I still have my uh, my program. From oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I held on to that sucker. So good. And it was definitely worth the Vegas trip. I would say this is on one of my top five memories of our friendship so far. Many more to make, of yeah. course. But damn, for music and oh, so good. Got a lot but, of concert uh, memories, too. Oh, yeah. We're going to be bringing back a lot of concert memories. But let's talk a little bit about a particular band that's not Tears for Fears, but at Vegas, Daft Punk. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, Stephanie, take it away. I got to I gotta talk about this. Uh, it was a highlight or maybe a low light um, from <laughs> the Daft Punk show. They closed out, I want to say, the final night. That's my, yes. my if memory serves. Yes. Um, and we were looking forward to it. We knew it's like it's going to be after dark and that they were going to do a show and they did not disappoint there's like a pyramid that came up from the bottom of the stage it was something like that so this pyramid like shows up we're in the middle of the desert that punk starts i think at one point we just keep we just keep dancing and we're kind of like part of these uh the zeitgeist of the crowd just boop 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 and i remember uh-huh. we just kept bopping to around the world but it was like a version of it that did not end uh, and we're like, we're like robots, right? We're like, and we just kept going, and we we're kind of like looking at each other at one point, like, can our bodies stop? Are they capable? No, we were possessed by the Daft Punk, oh, man. Yeah, like, oh, can we stop dancing? Um, and then we kind of realized they weren't going to end the show. I don't know, we're going to end the song, we're going to end the show anytime soon. Kind of looked at each other, had the same thought about the bus this is pre-uber the bus leaving which is our one form transportation back to the strip yes um so like within this like dancing lock that we couldn't leave we kind of looked at each other and again wordlessly ran across the desert sand to catch that bus which we i believe almost ended up missing and we were crammed in i think past capacity i want to say the bus driver had said yeah we're not supposed to have this many people we're like you're the last bus and you're taking us Absolutely. I paid money for this. It was part of my package. Just go. Put that shit on D. Let's go. Drive, bro. (laughs) Drive. Drive. Put that shit in D. Oh my God. That was, yes, man. I, we were so exhausted. That was the thing, guys. You have to really hold on to this. This is summer in Vegas. I know you guys have been. And if you haven't been, then just imagine one of the most hottest fucking places on the planet (sighs) with no shelter from the sun. And you were rocking out and you're trying to be all fucking rock and roll about and drink your beer and then hydrate. You're dehydrating, hydrating, eating, walking, and you're just having a good time. (laughs) And then shit. At the course, the end, they put the powerhouse band that's going to have everybody going crazy. And they were, we were literally moving probably because they were basing the ground too. And I was just out of exhaustion. Like, how the fuck can you not dance around a fucking Daft Punk? If you're not dancing at Daft Punk, there's something fucking wrong with you. Like, even if you're not like foot tapping or something, there is something wrong with you. And um, that was some good shit. And I wasn't even into Daft Punk all that much. And now I'm like, hell yeah, bring some Daft Punk. As we all know, they have totally you know uh joined forces with all sorts of different artists and done some really badass shit and i really love uh you know of course the gorillas too so hell yeah Daft Punk, that was so fun <laughs> so fun they're, yeah and they know where their bread is buttered i feel like in terms of a live show they're like we're gonna put on a show you're not even gonna see our faces we're here to do a show and i appreciate that like again mm-hmm. I, I always appreciate showmanship so i appreciate that i'm glad that we had gone to that to witness the whole festival um, I'm also glad that we didn't camp out with some of those people who were, I mean, you remember it was like tents that were actually pretty adjacent. 
yes. to the grounds, which was awkward. I mean, I don't camp as a verb, as a person. Like, that's not what I do. Yeah, um, I don't either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned. Uh, we'd stayed instead at the now defunct Riviera on the North Strip. And they're known for, because they were known for these like showgirl shows. So they had the infamous gold butt statue at the front that was uh, like rubbed away the shine because people were sitting there rubbing them all the time. Um, <laughs> I, learned, I learned that uh, it's the marquee from Riviera is now in the Neon Museum. And then I learned in my Vegas trip that those gold butts are now at the Hard Rock Hotel. So bring all that, bring all that back full circle. Oh, shit. Yeah, guys. And if y'all remember Showgirls, it's bring it back. It was, they showed the Riviera, the marquee. It was like, that was like the first scene, I believe. They're going down the strip with Jesse Soprano, whatever her real name is. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. 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 Showgirls. Elizabeth Berkeley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My aging brain does not remember shit. I'm like, okay, but it was Jesse Soprano. You're right. You're right. The Riviera, that place was fucking special. I definitely know, I could tell. I mean, of course, Stephanie and I, this is 2007. We're like, you know, we're living in the future. And this place was obviously old, old school. It was on the old strip. And I, we could tell that it definitely in its prime, it had some fun stuff. And I think that actually the Riviera is haunted as well. I think I've seen that oh. on a couple of paranormal, and I believe it. There probably oh. been some mob shit going down at the Riviera. Oh, that's interesting because now it's not just closed. It's actually they leveled it. Isn't that right? I could be wrong about that. But I feel like, oh, maybe they took the spirits out or maybe they still live in the North Strip. Who the heck knows? Vegas is a weird place. I enjoy it, but it is. uh, There's some ghosts of showbiz past there. It's got its history for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of our, I think, favorite music trips Yes. Uh, to catch live music and neither of us are strangers to traveling out of state to catch a really good show. Mm-hmm. I would say that's something we both share. And at this point I got a, I got a shout out to our mutual friend, uh, Jen Preston Giacomo, who's the biggest tears for fears fan. I've definitely ever met. Hey uh, girl. And, and my wife, hey Jen. <laughs> um, and she had taken me to see them in Atlantic city on a school night. No less. Uh, we both lived in New York then, nice. too. Atlantic City? Yeah. Damn. Jen, you're about it. Myers, you're about it. School night, girl. Um, Fuck. And Fuck. we were definitely old enough to know better. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the Greyhound. And, you know, you're taking the Greyhound from Port right. Authority. Yes. You're setting yourself up for a certain kind of night. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Those, Always. Those Always. who live in New York understand what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. 100%. Dick Greyhound from New York to House of Blues in Atlantic City. Uh, they put on a great show, actually. House of Blues is a great place to catch a uh, band. Atlantic City venue. I've seen a number of shows there. They're great. Oh, awesome. I've only been to the New Orleans one. That's good to know. So, okay, sweet. It's really good. Whenever I get back to AC, I'll catch a show there. But they put on a great show. Uh, as we talked about, Kurt Smith and uh, Roland uh, Orzabal, they're famous for not getting along or getting along kind mm-hmm. of sporadically. Um, they met when they were teens, but they had uh, what I found was this line that was funny. Gallagher Brothers level of internal conflict. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is this like Oasis thing going on? <laughs> so yeah, that's where yeah. my head goes. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. a, I saw that line in the Irish Examiner. I was like, well, that's accurate. Okay. So that was, I thought it was pretty funny if you follow that Oasis drama at all. It's like they tour together and then they don't. And they're making albums together and they don't. But at this point. Yeah. And they're British. And so is Tears for Fears, right? Are they from England as well? Uh, are Tears for Fears from England? 
I think I they know. are. Yeah, they're from England. I'm gonna look that up real quick. But do tell, do tell. <laughs> continue. So we sound like we knew. Um, I literally don't know, but uh, yeah, they've enjoyed each other and they haven't enjoyed each other. And at this point, they were. I think they know where their bread is buttered in terms of touring. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, we can make some money with this. So anyway, they put on a great yeah. show. They played with each other. And really, people who've known each other that long, like there's a shorthand, and it was great. It was a great show where they could just, you know, they're essentially, they got a backing band, but they're essentially this duo, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a musical shorthand with that. So anyway, they were great. And afterwards, we waited for the Greyhound bus to take us back. <sighs> we waited and waited, and it was supposed to come, I think, at 11 that night. And it was 2 or 3 a.m. Uh, by oh the time this Greyhound, goddamn Greyhound, um, showed up on a school night. Whoa. So I Whoa. think, right, there's like a larger life theme about traveling out of state to shows and then getting stranded or near <laughs> stranded by the bus. You and I actually have a couple more of those stories that are yeah. only related to buses and concerts, which is such a niche <laughs> story right but we have like I can off the top of my head got a couple more so taking that full circle it was a great show thank you tears for fears finally uh getting the chance uh to see you in that form just wish they had maybe given us a ride back to New York yeah I mean come on why can't you do that no and I'm totally right so for the record they are from England and so is Oasis so there's some shit with these British bands are like (laughs) Love, hate relationships. I mean, we can, you know, I mean, The Cure, Robert Smith is a standing member of the original standing member. So there's drama there. So I don't know, man, but they put some badass music out. So yeah, right on. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, could you imagine if you were stuck in AC? What would you tell your boss the next day? Like, oh my God. That's pre-virtual anything. Yeah. I forget which job I was at back then, but uh, I'd be like, oh yeah, like, I'm sorry. I'm in Atlantic City. I don't know how I'm getting home. And then it becomes the Bruce Springsteen song about the hopelessness of Atlantic City. I always say, I hope I'm not going to offend people who live there. I always say this. I enjoy the shittiness of Atlantic City. Like there's something about, I was like, no, this isn't, if you're like, oh, so you like it. And I was like, but I enjoy the fact that it's like kind of a shitty place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I guess, non-pretentious, but also like, it's just kind of like it, tr- it went through a couple uh, eras of revitalization. Yes. But it's at its core. You're just kind of like, okay, okay. This is what we're doing. And you want to stick close to these areas and these areas. Cause you might get hurt. Uh, if you wander about too much, but I'm like, cool, we're going to go to this diner. That's 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so we're going to go fun. over here. And I, anyway, I love it. And I do hope Pena that we can, um, go back to AC on a trip together sometime soon. Oh I, my God. I miss yeah. that place. I miss it. I fucking love Atlantic City. So yeah, it's been through a lot of makeovers and here's the deal. Like Jeff and I actually celebrated our one year anniversary in Atlantic City at Tropicana. Girl, it was the fucking shit. That sounds and amazing. It was, it was so much fun. Like, oh my God, all the little cool bars in the Tropicana with different theme nights. We went over to Caesars and they just had, you know, other theme nights. Um, but yes, there are some sketch areas of Atlantic City, a hundred fucking percent. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. But then there are some places with the makeovers that they've gotten real fun. So yeah, I mean, just depending on, you know, when you go to Atlantic City, I imagine now it's better than ever. So we definitely have to go and make some more fucking memories because that place has my heart. Oh man. It's so much fun. No, so I truly love it. 
I truly love that place. And so, yes, again, if you live there, be like, no, I love it. I love it's weird non-sheen um, that it has. <laughs> exactly. That's what I enjoy about that place. So very nostalgic for lovely Atlantic City. So before we close out the uh, episode, just wanted to bring about our uh, little listener mailbag. Folks reaching awesome. out. Um, yeah. We got, we got a little tip from listener Joanna, who uh, had weighed in on the theme of messed up songs that we asked listeners to think about after episode one, when we talked about hearts, all I want to do is make love to you, which is just this weird messed up song with this theme. Go back and listen to that episode. If you don't know what yes, we're talking about. You have to. Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> and she listened to that and she said, well, you guys, if you're looking for a messed up song, take a listen to Lily Allen's not fair. Um, so I listened to that. I wasn't okay. as familiar. Gave that a listen. And I'll not spoil it for anybody. I'll just say she was right. It's a pretty messed up song. Uh, there's all <laughs> kinds of all kinds of yikes hanging out in that one. Uh, give, <laughs> give it a listen when you get a chance. Uh, watch the music video too. But it's, uh, yeah, you're kind of like, all right, all right. Someone done her, someone done her dirty. Oh, someone no. Someone done her dirty. And she's. All right. I got to listen. Got to listen. Strong lady. But so thank you for that. So thank you for weighing in on that, Joanna. That's a one will take to heart. Yeah, sure. thanks, Joanna. Yeah, so we definitely want to hear from you guys. So please, you know, you follow us on the socials, on, you know, our handles at Stephanie's Talk Tunes. You know, we want to hear feedback, any suggestions for future songs, um, you know, keeping the spirit of the messed up songs. What's a song that you hate but love to remember? Um, please let us know. You know, um, you may even... Uh, pick our brain a little bit and be like, you know what? We have a really funny story with that. So, um, yeah. and again, at handle is at Stephanie's Talk Tunes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything under the sun. And um, thanks for coming back. And well, I'll see you next time. Pena's out. Yeah. Thanks for coming back, guys. Uh, reach out to us. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next episode, episode four. Peace. Peace out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.